Well, in terms of mind blowing, I think the whole like lat to glute connection, that party trick as you call it, that was mind blowing to me because we had never, maybe once or twice if that sling was mentioned in my college career. They don't talk about slings. They talk about the different muscle groups and upper body push, upper body pull, the same thing with lower body. It's all like sectioned off and not integrated. Cheesy intro line in three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Line Down podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Kripe. Okay, so have an extraordinary guest today. We've had one like this in the past, but they don't come around too often. And so what I want to talk about and talk with today, talk with is our intern. We've had an intern here for the summer, full-time intern. So this person is expected to be here 40 hours a week for 12 weeks. And they put in a lot of work. And I think as everybody might know from our podcast and how we talk about things, is there's a lot of education that happens. And that's one thing I pride ourselves on is that we're talking more about the whys than just the hows and how to do things. Because I think at most gyms we're task oriented, like. Let's do some bench pressing. I mean, how much more do you need to know about bench pressing? Let's do some barbell back squatting. And, you know, is it applicable? So it's great to have students absorb what we are offering so that they can make better decisions about the profession in their future rather than here's what the university First. taught you. Now you have to go figure it out for yourself where I kind of felt to some degree. I had some great mentors in my life. But to be able to offer this, I just, I don't know, we're going to have a first person uh, perspective about how this all works. So we're going to have with us today, Abby and Abby, you've been with us for this long and I still hesitant about pronouncing your last name. It's Wyro. Wyro. I mean, just like it's spelled W-Y-R-O. So I, I know it's spelled, but I'm just like, I don't know if it's, yeah. So what's the family of origin on that? Um, It's German and no, I think it is German. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so why roll? I'm going to try to never, ever forget that. You know, it's something about these last two interns because we had Jan, whose last name was Memagagi, which I guess if you look at it, it, it sounds the way it's spelled, but it's just like, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to go there. So it's just always Jan. But now we have Abby. And Abby, if I remember, I'm just kind of going down our original path here. It felt like maybe somewhere in early 2023 that we crossed, like that you contacted us, right? Yeah, I believe it was beginning of April, if not late March. Okay. And, yeah. you know, and so you're looking for an internship site and what, you know, who told you about us? Like what drove you to contact us and make the initial interview? Mm. Actually, it was a very interesting, I feel like not coincidental. Um, so I had been looking for internships, just like searching gyms in the area, like early months of the year when I was starting to like start the internship search. And then it was like one Sunday afternoon, I saw fitness lying down and like on Google maps, it was like all the gyms in the area. And I was like, Oh, this one didn't pop up before. So I clicked on it. I went to the website and I was just kind of looking through, um, looking at all the coaches and their profiles. And I noticed Corey's had like, he wants to implement his faith and his passion for fitness into like his gym. And that's like been the goal. And I'm a Christian myself. And I found that I was like, 
oh, that's very intriguing. And then I went to the page and everything and I didn't see a spot or a section that said anything about internships. And so like through UWL, the class that I was taking in preparation for finding an internship, it said, you know, you can reach out to the gym, email them, send them your resume, um, kind of just what you're looking for there. And so I did just that. I emailed fitness lying down on a Sunday, Corey got back to me within 15 minutes and I was like, what the heck? Like it's a Sunday. I know people were working on Sunday. And then within a half an hour, I had an interview set up for that week. And so by that Thursday, I had um, the internship secured and I was a huge weight off my shoulders because I was just really stressed about finding an internship. And I came in and I was like, wow, this place seems really awesome. And I just enjoyed the conversation I had with Corey. And I was like, I had a lot of peace about just finally securing that thing that internship and not having to stress about that anymore. And I was genuinely looking forward to it. Yeah. No, so, yeah. and that's, and for anybody out there, I mean, I do relax on Sundays, but doing what I do is also a hobby. Um, you know, I just returned back from vacation and when it was time for everybody just to kind of go do what they needed to do, like read a book, watch a show, go on Pinterest, which I wasn't doing. It's like, I just sit down, I open up my computer, I start making programs. I start looking at the things the business needs and checking emails or whatnot. So, and, you know, second part of that is that I get, again, I get really excited when students reach out and they want to learn about Fitness Line Down because I truly believe we have something that is nothing that they've seen before. And to experience this, just at least to like, see what it's about. And then, right, like I mentioned, we're not trying to make you do what we do here. Uh, you know, we want to have somewhat of an influence on you, but we also want to make sure that you're making up your own minds that, you know, that you, you know how to think and that you could solve problems. So that's it is we're not trying to make you a little FLD person. Now, if you choose to do that, that's awesome. But at the same time, like we just want to give you more, more concepts, more methods, more systems and fitness than just what we learn in a classroom for four plus years. Mm -hmm. And I do remember you coming in. And it's just like, we sit down, we had a really good talk and you were talking a lot about like the functional training. Maybe that's something that we had on the website. And, you know, we started kind of delving into what our vision of functional training is, because I think you could have gone to any other gym in the area and asked them about functional training. And they would have probably given you whatever their definition was. Um, you know, it could have held some, held some weight. It could have just been whatever they wanted to say to make you like happy about it. Um, I don't know. But it was just making those connections and all that. And I do remember, though, that afterwards, like, as I always ask all the intern candidates, right, let them know that this is an unpaid internship. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think it's noteworthy, noteworthy to repeat. The biggest reason why I don't want to pay for an intern is not because I can't afford it. It's because I have to change my how I look at you as an intern that now you have, you have expectations because I'm paying you. Mm. And just like any employee, I have to hold you up to these standards and I'm expecting something out of you in terms of employment. And what happens if you're not able to deliver on that? I mean, do I fire you in the mm -hmm. middle of your mid, mid of your internship? I, I would hope to think not. So now all of a sudden, if you're not paid, well, then you're still a student mm -hmm. and we could treat you that way. So there's no like, big, you know, we have things that we expect you to get to at a certain point, like Abby, by this week, we want you to know more about this and all that. And we're here to help guide and teach you. We're not just throwing you to the wolves. 
But at the same time, like I just, I want the students not to be pressured that they have to perform tasks that they're not ready for. And that's one of the reasons why we typically don't let interns coach people right away is because the interns don't know what they're doing, you know, and we don't expect them to know what they're doing because what we do is very unique in, in regards to the fitness uh, industry. So yeah, let's, let's shed a little bit of light on that too, because I want to hear your perspective because I mean, you didn't like sign the dotted line on our first interview. You needed to go back. You needed to pray a little bit about it. You need to kind of weigh out your options. I think you might've mentioned that there was a few other opportunities for internships that you could have had, maybe not in the area. So I just want to hear your thought process through that. Um, yeah. So I originally had a job. I'm from like the Green Bay area. So like three and a half hours away. I originally had a paid position, very generous pay actually for an internship. And I had that lined up, but I was really like, Ugh, I wanted to be in lacrosse. I've never, I've never spent a summer in lacrosse before. All my friends were like, I want you to stay. I want you to stay. And I was like, I want me to stay too, but I'm so broke and didn't have a job yet at that point. Cause I hadn't had a part-time job, just been busy during the school year. Um, so I was like, not so sure about an unpaid position, but after visiting FLD for like the first time, I was like, I feel really good about this. I honestly felt like this opportunity was laid before me um, by God and everything just kind of fell together. Like my housing situation, I had some extra financial help that came out of nowhere, kind of, it was like perfectly placed. And it was like, everything was pointing me towards this internship. And I was like, I didn't want to be home because I don't want to live in my parents' basement. I was away from all my friends in the cross. And I just was like, that option was not just attractive to me. And so this one just made so much sense. And because everything fell together, I was not worried about the fact that it was unpaid because I felt truly excited about this. And it was something that I wanted, I was looking forward to starting, to taking a step towards um, doing and finishing my degree. So just the piece I had with that, I was like, things are going to work out. My parents were very supportive either way. They were like, obviously we want you to like carry yourself through the summer financially, but like, if you need help, we can loan XYZ this much to you. Like things were in place and I have somehow made it through the summer with working a couple shifts on the weekend and being full-time at FLD that I have not had to, I haven't been, like I've been broke. I am broke, but I've made it through. And I'm like, okay, this is evidence that like God provides. And he's brought me through all the way to the summer. And I have, yeah, it's just been a really good experience. And it's not a coincidence that things happen the way that they did. Yeah, no, not a coincidence at all. And, you know, I think, I think these moments, they drive us to be better, you know, because there's certain things at school, like going to college teaches you that you expect, you know, you expect to learn in a classroom setting, in a lecture setting, in a lab setting. But some of those things, I mean, you have to, I think, I think people are missing this in this current day and age is they're missing the fact of problem solving, of making things work. You know, a lot of people are just so quick, I believe, to throw their hands up in the air and be like, well, it's just not going to happen, you know. But they actually put the nose to the grindstone and know like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to have to find a way to make this work. And I don't know if I've shared this story with you. I'm pretty sure I probably shared it in the podcast. But I, I had an internship with the Chicago Bulls strength conditioning staff in 2001. It was unpaid. <laughs> and we know that a professional NBA team can pay a lowly intern. 
but it was a, kind of the same thing. Like things were provided. Um, I found ways to finance through, or I found ways to be, to able to pay through, I should say finance. And there was gifts that were given to me throughout the, throughout the way. And it was like, it was just really meant to be. And I'm so grateful that I didn't kind of, cause being a small town boy going into like Chicago setting without a place to stay, it's a little scary, but opportunities presented itself and I was able to take hold of it. And I can always look back now. And I, I know that I built myself to be stronger, being a little more resilient by making things work. And I think that that's just right there, something that sets up for life situations because anybody that's listening to this podcast and probably yourself now too, Abby, there's situations where life isn't working and you got to find a way to make it work. So outside of the life situations, let's talk a little bit about your, your experience here now. Um, starting to learn you know, basically the DVRT system, but how we practice it at FLD. Like, what were some of the initial things? Were like, wow, because we've talked about this before. I'm going to share it in the podcast. You had such a a laser focus when you first started. I mean, you were looking at the computer screen, figuring out programming that we have. You're already kind of trying to translate what you're seeing on the training floor, how it's written. And you're going over, you know, you could tell that you were watching the coaching and things like that. So let me know, like, just how, how impactful was some of the early things going on? Like, was there any like big mind blowing uh, principles that you learned right away? Well, in terms of mind blowing, I think the whole like lat to glute connection, that party trick, as you call it, that was mind blowing to me because we had never, maybe once or twice, if that sling was mentioned in my college career, they don't talk about slings. They talk about the different muscle groups and upper body push, upper body pull, the same thing with lower body. It's all like sectioned off mm -hmm. and not integrated. And so seeing that, I'm like, this makes a lot of sense, you know, and like, I'm somebody who really likes to absorb and learn because obviously being in a learning stage is really awesome, but it's, un it can be uncomfortable. And so I'm like, I got to take in as much of this as I can, as fast as I can. And that's the kind of the mindset I had, but like, once you put things together and see things for how they're written like that, it just, it makes a lot of sense. And obviously I'm only three months into this and it would take it takes a long time. You're always learning and always growing, always absorbing things and applying them. But I don't know. I just, the whole concept of the sling, it's like everything is based around the core because proximal, as you always say, proximal stability allows for distal mobility and explaining that to people, they're like, oh, okay. That's like kind of cool. Like sandbags, huh? When you think of sandbag, they don't think of what we have here, the ultimate sandbag. But it's like, you start explaining these things to them and they're like, wow, that's really interesting. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And it makes a lot more sense. And like, I mean, I grew up with barbells and dumbbells and all that stuff my whole life. And it's like, you move to this and I'm like, still thinking about those, the free weight stuff and like the way that works. And I'm like, no, this is what makes more sense for life. And I'm still like transitioning out of that, like bodybuilding mindset into like functional, what's going to make me feel good, set me up best for my future right now. So it's like a continual, like, oh, wow, wow. Like it's, yeah, it's, there is continual, like smaller moments and some bigger moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. This is really cool. So. Well, and to be honest with you, after, you know, nine years of doing this in the gym here, if it is lying down, I still have those wow moments. Um, and 
you know, you could tell by your voice, like how excited you get when you start talking about this stuff and, you know, talking to people like that are asking questions about fitness line down, you know, possible uh, or leads that could be possible trial members. Like I get so super duper excited talking about what we do here. And I tell them this, I'm like, I'm more excited about this today than I was when we first opened up the doors because it works. And, you know, in my career fitness, being the personal trainer, so many times, you know, it's like, am I really helping people? You know, I see them getting sweaty. I see them getting tired and they come in and they're sore. Like, is that really making a difference in their lives? Or is this just something that has to keep going? The rigmarole of just the, the cycle of soreness and tiredness and all this. I don't think I, it wasn't making a difference. And I was getting super bored. And so that's kind of what opened up these doors. So it's good to hear your excitement about this. And I know you're excited because we have our conversations and, you know, you're talking to the other coaches and they're, they're helping. Like, I love the family feel that we have here between myself, Shelly, Faith, and Megan. Like you feel pretty open to talk to either one of us, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's cool because like they, we all speak the same language, you know, we just might have a different dialect. Like mm -hmm. we're going to tell you the same thing, but we're just maybe got a little spin on it. That might be different. Um, mm -hmm. Now you're talking about coming from the barbells and all this. And, you know, I used to, I used to pump the iron as well. Uh, I think one of my favorite memories though, I think it was our first session that we were going to do. You're here on a Monday coaches session, 30, 30. I always, I highly encourage the interns to join in on these because a, not only are you going to have a great session, but you find out it's so much more than just a great session, right? Like it's a, it's a building opportunity for the coaches. Like we just get, our relationships get stronger when we train together. And then we start talking about things. Maybe we start talking about a certain client that's having an issue. You know, we start talking about a certain exercise. Uh, we start laughing. We make fun of each other. You know, mainly I make fun of Shelly, but that's okay. Uh, but it's such a good time. Like, I look forward to those sessions where we can all hang out. But I still remember the first one. I mean, you were gung-ho, ready to go. And it was awesome. And I will say to the listening audience out there, the clients that come in, we start them ground zero. This has never changed. Our interns, unfortunately, have to jump into the fire with us. And we do our best to coach them and navigate. Because you know, like those first few weeks, maybe more than a few weeks, we're giving you the pointers. We're giving you the coaching cues. But now you're able to feel and experience what the clients are doing. You have a better sense of coaching. I talk about this all the time. But I remember how I think you were talking about, you always have to do an extensive warm-up before, like a big dynamic movement prep to get ready for your sessions. I want you to unpack for our listening audience about this and why you have to like dedicate so much time to warming up. Yeah, I used to have to, and I would spend like at least 10, maybe 15 minutes doing dynamic, I'm doing air quotes here, dynamic warm up, And it was like, I still felt sore and tight going into my first couple of sets because I didn't know, I mean, they mentioned they call it pillar prep in mm -hmm. like the coursework at UWL. I didn't do that. I didn't know actually what that was because I didn't know about the slings and having to like make that connection from the lats to the glutes, like warming up your core, like getting that ready for um, the more heavier movement, um, things like that. Like I was just going, bringing my, um, my arms and my legs through like different ranges of motion, just like stretching and stuff like that. And then I just, it didn't really do a whole lot because I still felt not physically prepared and warmed up enough 
for when and I that's was after that's after like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I was doing a lot of stuff and I was like working up a sweat, like out of breath. And I was like, I still feel so tight and sore in my back. It's like, what is going on? And so then, yeah, I was like the first couple or the first week I was like, is it weird if I jog down and back? Is it weird if I like, what do I do for a warm up? And I was like, okay, I'll just do what they do. And so I did. And I was like, that is plenty. I sometimes I don't even finish the warm up now because I just do a couple of um, dead bugs, bird dogs, or glute bridges, etc. And I'm like set to go. And I'm like, I will never go back to my extensive pandemic <laughs> warm up because it's a waste of time and energy doing all that because it's not even properly warming me up. <laughs> well, and there, there's that is you know we use the ultimate sandbag for that feedback as well. So, you know, we're loading the warm up, but we're not like overloading. There's not too much input. It's enough mm-hmm. that, you know, you start doing some lifts and chops, how that, that gets the central nervous system like fired up because you're tapping into these slings, you're tapping into the connection of your body. And so you don't have to spend all this time because think about it. Like if you're going in kind of cold and you're doing a few things and you start jogging down, like your body isn't actually ready for that per se. Now, I know jogging can be kind of a, a warm up prep exercise and young people could take it, but could you imagine training somebody that's 40, 50, 60 years old? Like, all right, I want you to jog down to the end of the track and back to warm up. It's probably not going to work well for them. And it's probably not going to work well for you as a coach. So it is like, you know, and I think you do a lot of what we do for group training for the warm up. You've kind of adapted that uh, into your own warm up protocol. And I mean, that doesn't take very long, that's less than 10 minutes. And I, you know, I personally, I abbreviated even more. I, I probably do three or four warm up things and then I'm ready to go. Because I think the other thing that a lot of people miss the boat on when it comes to training is, you know, you mentioned about coming from like a kind of a bodybuilding background. When you do functional training, right, there is building of the body. Like it might not be the symmetrical, well, I mean, I should say symmetrical, but it might not be the isolated training where I'm going to do so many reps on this bicep, so many reps on this bicep. But when you actually really unpack the functional training and what's going on, you can easily make it into bodybuilding things. I think we got a few clients that have shown that. But then besides building muscle mass, you know, if that's your thing, well, I mean, it also creates great mobility inside the session. So even while you're lifting maybe the heavier weights, you're using the heavier loads, there's a mobility factor that comes into play with there, you know, because we have so many different stances, body positions, you know, we're lunging, we're sprinter stance, we're lateral stepping, deadlifting. I mean, all these things that play in. So it's nice to have a proper warm up prep phase, but it doesn't need to be extensive. It, you know, needs to just warm up the right parts, proximal stability, distal mobility. So the more I fire up the core muscles, the more range of motion I have in my arms, my hips, what a great thing to go into a training session. Mm-hmm. Let's also talk about, because you mentioned it and you mentioned it here, but you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, you know, you're a young female. Why are you struggling with tight, sore, low backs? Honestly, I think it's because I was really believing I had good form, but I probably did not. And I don't think I was, I might've been doing too much and not in the right way. And just a compounding, like maybe not cooling down in the way I thought recovering well, because there was a time in my life where I was like six days a week, like in the weight room, not always lifting like super heavy, but I just don't think like you learn stuff in school and then I'd be like, just still doing what I would always do and not applying that exactly. Sometimes I would, but 
I think it's just a misunderstanding of like how I'm supposed to be properly handling the implements that I was using. Um, Cause yeah, I would like, it wasn't extreme pain, but like I would always just have a tight low back. And I told Corey at the beginning, like when we started our workouts and stuff, I was like, you know what? It's so nice not to hurt anymore. And like, that's exactly it. It's because you're firing the right muscles, activating those or using those slings the way that your body's supposed to be using them instead of doing isolation things and just not implementing and using the body the way it's supposed to. I think it's a combination of a bunch of different things that cause that. Um, And yeah, just not knowing, I guess, what is causing that exactly so I could like fix it. Right. And we might not ever know the cause, but we just know that by moving from an isolated mentality to an integrated mentality, that's taking care of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're still fitness. We're not diagnosing. You know, I tell people we're not going to fix them. We're going to make them better. You know, a lot of people better is better is better than what they have been dealing with. You know, it's just um, so that's that's amazing. And I do remember at one point, I think I think I was helping you clean up your hinge a little bit. I think you had a little bit too much arching in the low back. Am I right about that? Or was that somebody else? Um, it could. I think it was me. And I was like, oh, I thought I did have a really good hinge. Um, and you do. I mean, like, and I, I do remember this conversation because your hinge, like to the naked eye, we would be like, wow, that's a pretty good hinge. I mean, you know a relatively what we'd call flat back but because you're trying to extend so much into that flat back that you just had a little bit of that more as we'd say lordosis in the low back a little bit more extra curvature in that low back Mm -hmm. that when you're under load like this that that puts a lot of strain on that low back and maybe one of the reasons why some of that pain was happening so even though like again Mm -hmm. somebody walks to the weight room sees abby deadlifting rdling whatever and like wow she's got a good hinge you know moving on but this is kind of where I always talk about it. I don't think correct form is enough. I think we have to have intentional form. Mm-hmm. Like you actually have to know the intention of the movement. And let's talk about this too. What are the hands and the feet doing? Mm-hmm. Because you're sitting there, you're sitting there thinking about how to get yourself into a good hinge, you know, like chest up, <laughs> chest up, butt out, you know, it's always the kind of the thing. And, you know, I'm just going to push my hips back as I enter into this so-called hinge, but nobody's ever given a lot of, um, thought to how are the feet engaging into the floor? What are your hands doing with the implement? You know, if you're holding a barbell, are you, could you can successfully still do a pretty good deadlift with a barbell without feeling your low back, but the more you engage the hands on the bar, right? But barbell trainings, I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of boring. So it's easier to go into the sandbags and all this and mm-hmm. what not. All right. So we've kind of covered a lot of that. Is there anything else you want to share on this? I want to make sure you get, I want you to say everything you need to say. Yeah, no, I, I think I've said what I need to say in terms of that stuff. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like the Forrest Gump, you know, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Right, we're moving on now. We're moving on. So the next topic I, I want to bring up is as you've been learning and a lot of the stuff that we've been giving it to you as well. It, it, again, here's here's the you're not getting paid for this internship, but there's a lot of value that comes out of this. And one of the values is having access to some of these DVRT uh, webinars, some of these courses that we've taken that nobody else can really have access to unless they pay for it. You know, what are your thoughts like when you start hearing from the horse's mouth, I guess, when you start hearing from Josh and from Jessica about the DVRT principles? I mean, it pretty much, it really does line up with what we're doing and how we're doing it here, correct? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really would say, I think, wow, they really understand the human body and how it's supposed to work. Like, it fascinates me. I was just watching a one of the um, lectures on the low back, and I was like, wow, the pelvis is really, really unique and, like, super interesting. Like, it had to be designed a certain way just for everything, because that's, like, the base of human movement, I think, is what Josh said, basically, is, like, every single um point the way that the bones are shaped the way they're angled like how they're put together like it's got to be like that for a reason and just being able to explain like how things are all connected and like just to have that level of understanding of the anatomy and the way that the human body is supposed to work like it just it makes me just like hungry for more because I'm like I just want to get to that point of understanding but they put in a lot of time and effort and work to like um, accumulate all of that knowledge. And I'm just like, you know, I said, I'm a fast learner. I like to just have it all right away and not go through the uncomfortable stages of learning it all. But like, it just makes me, I'm just, it just is amazing to me to have that level of understanding. And I'm like, I want to understand that so I can explain to other people and have confidence in knowing, knowing what I'm talking about. Like, it's just, it's really fascinating. Well, and that's, I mean, again, when you have that, that knowledge behind, then you can start formulating wisdom. And then you get that confidence that you could be on the training floor with somebody that might be having an issue with a body part, shoulder, knee, low back. And you don't have to like, I just remember that when I was a young trainer, I would kind of like, I wouldn't freak out, but I would be like, oh, well, let's just not do anything. You know, if somebody's like, oh, my knee, my knee really hurts from doing that exercise. I would be like, all right, let's just avoid that exercise totally. Like, you know, and the funny thing is like, if that person has no like structural injury, but it's just like a pain that for me, I'm always like, all right, well, let's like, let's say squatting is an issue. I'm like, let's squat. <laughs> and then you get a bunch of clients that are just like, well, maybe you didn't hear what I said. You know, it hurts my knee when I'm squatting. And I'm like, I know, but let's teach you how to squat properly. And then all of a sudden you teach them how to squat. Maybe you use some feedback tools. Maybe you got a band around the feet, but using the ultimate sandbag for a press out. And time and time again, I always just see that amazed look. Well, first I see the look as they're descending into their squat where they're kind of starting to pre-wince. They're getting ready for that spot where the knee's about to hurt. Mm -hmm. And then they get past it and they're like, what just happened? You know, and then you look like a miracle worker, but you mm -hmm. have to, you have to invest the time into this, you know, and anything else you have to put in work to get better in the industry. You know, you just can't wish it all to happen to you. And I understand totally what you mean that you just wish you can have all the information, like the matrix where they just put it in your brain and you know everything about it. And, you know, but there is the uncomfortable and the uncomfortable is actually part of the learning experience. I would have to say, because you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I wish you could have like a highlight reel, maybe not the high, maybe more of the blooper reel of my career here at fitness line down, trying to implement DVRT. There are some things that pop up in my Facebook story memories about exercises that we used to perform here. And I cringe. I'm like, what the heck were we thinking? But it's it's what we knew at the time. And we're trying to put the pieces together. You know, we're, we're learning. And it's like, okay, if this isn't, this makes sense, let's try this out. And once again, I look at that exercise. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe, can't believe people still stayed with us after we did this exercise. <laughs> but it is, it's a growing process. And you have to, you have to always remain open to information. And, you know, we talked about this at your end of the year review, constructive criticism. You know, I think it's very beneficial 
for the students to learn not only the information, which is huge, to be able to process it with, with people that can help you get through it, right? Because there's gonna be a lot of times where I think people get this stuff at home, they might start reading it and maybe either A, their eyes glaze over because it's like too much information. They're not quite sure how to apply it. And yeah, I get that a lot actually when, when I do the, uh, when I instruct the DVRT courses, because I mean, if you could think of an eight hour day where we're trying to fit DVRT principles and concepts in a course, there's a lot of things that are happening. And as much as we try to keep it as simple as possible, you know, at the end of the day, when we have people, you know, it's time to go home, it's almost like take one thing you learned, you know, one thing that you can make a difference with and then start building from there. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice so that you have the ability to see how this plays like in a real life situation that you're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Hopefully that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense in my brain, um, but there's, there's a lot of things that make sense in my brain that don't quite translate to sensical things for our listening audience. But case in point, I think the number one thing that I love for the students is to start coaching, right? You're coaching real live people. You're coaching, you're coaching the, um, the just general pop, I should say just, because it's pretty amazing, but you're coaching the people that I need this kind of training and you're coaching it under our supervision, right? So tell me a little bit about how you feel like moving into doing more coaching things, what you've really learned about like coaching cues and, you know, just any other experience you got with that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't honestly as nervous as I thought I would be, you know, moving into something new. I think it helped that I kind of knew some clients pretty well at that point. Cause I think it was about halfway through, maybe right before the halfway mark where I started like coaching people. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to mess up, but I know I'm going to mess up. So it, it, it took me a little bit to just be okay with making mistakes because like, obviously I need to make mistakes if I'm going to learn from them and do better because this could be in my brain that I can say, Oh yeah, I remember last time I did that incorrect. So I'm gonna do it correct this time and things like that. Um, and it's honestly just one thing that it's the same thing with a lot of things. It just, you get better with practice and doing that now it's like a breeze and I still make mistakes, obviously still mess up, but I'm able to handle it better because I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a simple, you know, all the other approaches to it as well. It's a simple mistake, misread the program, what the exercise is supposed to be, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I think now it's something I'm comfortable with. And I think it just helped me to have more confidence and feeling like I was contributing more. And I was actually like making a difference and like helping people out and like getting feedback from clients too, is also very encouraging. And I have, um, some close relationships with a few clients in particular, and it's just really awesome to hear that, like, from them that I'm doing a good job and then to see them do well too and be able to as I'm doing the exercises not to stumble over my words as much because like I used to be like I'd be more prone to stumbling over my words because I didn't exactly know what I was talking about or I would just repeat what I was told to say but now it's like I understand what the intention is behind this and so it's easier to be more clear with my words and actually understand what I'm saying and have a reason for saying it instead of just saying things for the sake of saying them. And some clients understand things better. And so you cue them a certain way. Other clients, I will intentionally talk a little bit slower and say less so that they can take more time to process what I'm saying and actually understand it. But some people don't eat as much. So I was like, okay, 
this is what you're doing. This is why. And then they go ahead and do it. So it's taken time to understand different clients' needs, how they kind of click, what they need from me, what they don't, and then able to adjust accordingly has been something I've been able to pick up like every time. So yeah, hundred percent. And you know, that's I, I like to think that we have a considerable client load, you know, it's that we have a lot of different personalities, we have a lot of different abilities. And that's one thing I pride myself on is I, I feel like I know our clients pretty well. I, I know what they need in the programs, but I also know how to approach them coaching wise. You know, I know I'm always the same person. If you meet me at home, if you meet me in the grocery store, if you meet me in the gym, this is me. Like I don't have different faces, right? But there's just certain like things that you say to somebody that's going to motivate them a little bit more. You know, you just, you got to be all, all things for all people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's been the benefit of you being full-time as opposed to, you know, we had Abby Z here earlier and she was like six hours a week. So she only got to know like a certain part of our population because she's here those mm-hmm. same days. But now that you're here full-time, you have so much more exposure to so many different people. You get to know people and then you understand for their coaching purposes. And I think the one thing that really, I feel like when it came to coaching to help you out was a, you know, we're talking we're talking about me right now. I'm telling you not to talk so much in a session. Don't say so many words coaching, which we all know that I have a superhuman power to, I can tell a story about every exercise and I can just talk your ear off about every exercise, <laughs> but we got you saying less, you know, no matter what. But I think the other thing was, and I'm hoping that this was kind of a, a little bit of an aha moment is to not use the external cues so much or not to use the internal cues. Sorry. So mm-hmm. You know, and it, it was kind of, I had to laugh a little bit the first time I heard you coaching and talk about squeezing the glutes. <laughs> it still kind of brings a little smile to my face because, but bless your heart, because that's what you knew, right? I mean, you want somebody to tighten up their glutes. Well, you just tell them squeeze their glutes, but it's so funny. It's how do people take that? Like, can they actually squeeze their glutes? And as I talked about before, correct form versus intentional form, because just squeezing your glutes, not going to be enough. You know, not what you need to say, right? Mm-hmm. Just drive your feet through the floor. <laughs> Got to use them feet because then all of a sudden, like people, their glutes light up and they don't have to think about how to squeeze like a, an awkward piece of their anatomy. Like, I don't know how to do this. And I don't know if I'm doing it right, but as soon as they understand the feet and then you gotta, you gotta admit when you make those cues and you see somebody doing it properly and all of a sudden, like everything just becomes more efficient, more strong. Isn't that such a great gift to you as a coach not only did you get to give that, but you get to receive the proper, the, the intentional form. Like, I mean, that's just like, you see people getting better in front of your eyes. How cool is that? That's really cool. <laughs> and I also like to think about how you come in and you see, you know, I said just general population, but you see what everybody's capable of doing. Like we have some pretty phenomenal clients that are doing some pretty phenomenal things that are very athletic that you just wonder, like, sometimes I have to sit back and I'm, I'm, I have to think, this is just a gym, you know, at the end of the day, it's four walls and, and there's equipment inside for people to exercise with. It's a gym. But you wonder, like, how those people would be doing if they were not a fitness line down, mm-hmm. if they were at just your regular traditional gym where both feet are flat on the ground, both hands are on the piece of equipment, and they're just going through the motions. You know, it's really neat to see people. And what I like to like to hear from them as well is when something does go, maybe not according to plan, maybe they fell, 
right? Maybe they, they injured themselves. How they're so much more, because of their strength that they've gained, this special kind of FLD strength, if you will, either they didn't get injured, the injury was not as severe as it might have been, or it's going to be a quicker bounce back to recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, some people will come in, they're talking about like, you know, the fall, you always get the fall or the winter, people raking the leaves or shoveling snow. And they come in and they're like, oh, my back's a little sore because I was shoveling snow. And then you just kind of keep talking about it. They're like, but it would not have been like, I would not be able to come in today because my back would have put me out of commission. And I mean, I don't care who you are, how strong you are. Shoveling snow is going to hurt your back to some degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you're doing it with a shovel, I, I every winter is just like, I'm always like, all right, I'm so fit and all this. And by the end of the day, when I'm done shoveling, it's like, man, my back's a little tight right now, but it's, it's an odd, it's an odd activity. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, as we're kind of closing up here, a couple other uh, points I want to bring out of you. Let's say today somebody asks you, what's your favorite exercise now? How about this first? What was your favorite exercise before you came to fitness lined up? Uh, I really liked RDLs. Okay. So kind of the hip hinge family, but mm-hmm. we're talking about a barbell. We're talking about feet flat on the ground. We're talking about, you know, cause with the RDL, we're just going down to about mid shin level, right? Coming back up. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So what would you say today would be your favorite exercise? Um, hmm. I really like anything that's like, I don't know, today we did the reverse lunge to overhead press. Now, if that had like a one leg balance in that, I'd say that'd be probably one of my favorite things. So that's kind of a big contrast now because you go from bilateral, both feet on the ground, to now you're digging single leg, leg uh, single leg activities, marching. Mm-hmm. Like, would you have ever thought prior to fitness line down that you'd even consider marching as an exercise? Uh, not really, unless you're doing some sort of movement skill thing. Yeah, like a dynamic warm up, doing the marching and all that. But to actually include it with like an overhead press or, mm-hmm. you know, the press out, the lever belt press out as we come back up into the single leg stance. So this is great. I mean, just seeing things evolve, become better for you. I love that. Um. Yeah, I got actually three questions. I, I usually ask people, but I don't ask them lately because I usually have a lot of the same guests on. But I'm going to ask you these three questions. And I think we're going to be able to find out a little bit more about who Abby Wybro is. Did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, first question. If you could plan your last meal on earth, what would it be? Oh, gosh. We actually just talked about this last night. I was at my friend's at Culver's and they were like, if this is your last meal, what would you want it to be? Um, a double butter talk- burger with cheese. Oh, gosh. That is a tough question. I should have prepared in advance. Mm. Mm, I didn't tell you about that one. That's right. I would say, oh, goodness. Anything with like chicken and really good potatoes and probably some sort of vegetable, to be honest. Everything that's like some, okay, some really tender and juicy grilled chicken. Okay. And like crispy roast potatoes and then green beans or something like that. Or, All right. Yeah. I like how we got a little bit more specific about that because I'm just like, you just can't say chicken and potatoes and vegetable because- yeah. There's got to be a combination. So I like the, and the grilled chicken. I mean, are we putting any marinade on it or is it just? Oh, yeah. Is... yeah. Yeah. My mom okay. makes this like maple mustard chicken. That's pretty good. And that some pretty amazing. On the cob. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's your last meal on earth. So why not? Yeah. 
Okay, second question. If you really never got into being into fitness, right? Like if this wasn't something you wanted to pursue in college and maybe beyond, where do, and you got like a clear blue sky ahead of you, like anything could happen. What mm -hmm. is it that you would have wanted to do instead? Um, I have a very artistic side, so I would likely be doing interior design, something with art and creating and design. My dad had his own construction construction business or contracting business, building houses, and there's a good chance I would be working for him, not going to lie. Um, so yeah, anything that's like hands-on, creating, using my artistic skill, my imagination, anything like that. That's cool. So I'll be excited to see uh, how you interiorly decorate your uh, new gym with your sandbags and all that. <laughs> yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Okay, final question. Kind of, kind of a little esoteric, if you will. Um, you know, we don't believe that anybody likes losing and that people hate to win. Uh, but we, I kind of believe that people are motivated by two different things. One of two different things, and that's the um, agony defeat and the thrill of victory. So I think people kind of camp out in this. So let me just explain quick. The thrill of victory is kind of the eternal optimist, like always going up the hill, trying to find the next victory, um, you know, just motivated by this. Again, it's all about motivation. The agony defeat person, now again, we're, we don't like to lose, but the agony defeat would be kind of like your Michael Jordan, where any victory only lasts a few seconds. But what they remember is all the things that kind of went wrong. So if somebody slighted them, they, they hang on to that like like baggage, you know, they're just over their shoulder, kind of the chip on their shoulder. So they're motivated by the the losing that they had in the prior prior experiences. So if you were to think of one camp that you were belonging to, thrill of victory, agony and defeat, where do you see yourself being? Um, Probably the thrill of victory, because I mean, although it's not fun to be in that agony of defeat, I feel like I've developed a mindset over the years of like seeing it as an opportunity just to be better instead of just getting down and sitting and sulking in that low feeling, like having a change in perspective to realize, okay, I can do better. And like taking it as an opportunity to get better, like I said, versus just letting it take you down. Like that's in my opinion, a waste of time. So. No, that's, that's a good response. And I, I have to feel like anybody that is in the fitness industry that is willing to be in the trenches working with people day in and day out and making them better. I feel like you have to be a thrill of victory. You know, I, I just, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Yes. But you're always like looking for that next win, that next person you could help. I just, I maybe until I find the first real agony defeat person in the fitness industry, I'm going to stay with my thought. One last thing. And then I'm going to let you go because you got to get ready to come back here. <laughs> um, let's just say this. Somebody has approached you and they're like, hey, I heard about this fitness line down that there's an internship there. What would you say to them for a recommendation? I would say I absolutely recommend it. If you truly want to learn and understand, I guess like a different side of fitness, a different way of thinking about it, in my opinion, a better way of thinking about it that makes more sense in terms of understanding how the body works and how it naturally wants to move how it was made to move, this is for you. If you enjoy genuine relationships with people, if you work well with others and you want to make a difference and help people get better and also grow in yourself and learn how to be humbled and to be disciplined and to put others first, 
Like, there should be no reason why you wouldn't want to do that. To have that mindset, like, this is perfect, you know? I mean, it's not, not everything is gonna be easy. Like, obviously it's hard, it's challenging, but I have learned so much and I don't think I can ever revert back to barbells and dumbbells just because like, this just makes more sense to me. It makes me feel better. I've gotten so much stronger and just the relationships also that I've developed with the staff and the clients is, I don't think I could have gotten that anywhere else and I wouldn't have wanted to have had to look for that anywhere else. So 100% recommend. Well, that's, that's a great recommendation. And I think your opinion is pretty much fact anyway about being a better thought process and basically the best gym. I know you didn't say that verbatim, but I mean, that's where you're going. So <laughs> I definitely appreciate that. Um, all right. Well, I tell you what, Abby, I know we have a few more days with you left at Fitness Lying Down, but by the time this podcast airs, we'll have sadly to say goodbye to you. Um, wish you all the best. Like, And I want you to know this is going to be on the internet so you can always revert and tell me that I said this. You have access to us all the time. If you have questions, comments, concerns, if you just want to give us an update, you know, if you're in town and you want to hang out with us, you're always invited. So thank you for all the hard work. It's been a pleasure having you this uh, semester and I look forward to hearing of your future successes. And for all of our listening audience out there, hope you enjoyed this little interview with our intern, Abby. And until the next time that we speak, Godspeed.